welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Welcome to episode 35 of the Karen Kenny Show. And you guys, today here, you can already see, if you're watching this sucker, you can already see my beautiful guest, <laughs> my fellow Karen, different spelling, K-A-R-I-N, Haysbert. I'm so excited, you guys. If you listen to the show, you know that I do almost all of my shows solo. Once a month, I bring on somebody that I can love. Like, that's basically the criteria. Are they doing something cool in the world? Do I dig them? Do I love them? And, you know, do I respect them? And if you hit that criteria, I'm like, let's go. And I love Karen so much. So I'm going to do the official bio read first so you guys can get a, like, so she can self-represent. Then I'm going to tell you a little bit about my thoughts about her. And then I'm going to let her talk for herself. <laughs> so that's the plan. All right. So Karen Haysbert is a queen reigning on her throne. Come on, as soon as you hear that, don't you want to know my friend? Isn't that what you cool? She's an inspirational speaker and divine love and life strategist to rising queens worldwide. You guys, she's also an author. Listen to the titles of these two books. It's so good. The first one is Queen Arise, 40 Days to Liberating the Queen Within You. And then this second one, which we're definitely going to talk about, What a Hoe Can Teach a Wife. A real talk about creating your hot, holy, and happy marriage. Look at if you're paired up, I don't even care if you're married, but if you're paired up consistently for a long period of time, this is all going to be wicked helpful. Karen has worked to empower women for over two decades. Um, and I also want to make sure I circle back to this because I really want to dive into what you mean by this, Karen, but I love this. Having walked the journey from ignored to adored. Karen's message inspires queens to create the hot, holy, happy marriages they desire and deserve. Karen believes in the John 10:10 life, and she encourages women to have and enjoy their lives to the full until it overflows in their whole lives. So through her speaking and her master classes and her mentoring programs, Karen has impacted women with a message of clarity, confidence, and courage that inspires queens to bring forth their dreams and to fully stand in their divine creative power. You know I love that. She's a wicked, ferocious reader. She's a lifelong learner. She's always looking to add value wherever she goes. And trust me, I've heard her speak. She does. Karen is also the loving wife to her sweetie, Brian. 23 years they've been shacked up, hooked up, doing the thing. She's also a devoted mom to three kids, and she has four granddaughters, you guys. So, Welcoming to the show, my friend Karen Haysbert. I'm just going to start by saying Karen and I met like two years ago 
And I was speaking at an event and I, I don't know what happened, but at one point I was walking down the aisle and she hopped out and we started talking and it was always so fun to meet another Karen. And we just hit it off right away. We just like, boom, we just like vibe. We felt each other. It was all good. It was all good energy. And then this past um, spring, we got to speak at an event together. And it was so fun to finally see my friend do her thing because we only just got to talk. And of course I saw her online and Facebook lives, but there's something about that in-person experience. And I was just so jazzed because, um, and correct me if I say, but you're a minister, right? You're also a yes. minister. So, you mm -hmm. know, Karen can preach, like Karen can throw down. You guys are going to get confused. So I'll just be like KK and I'll be like Karen's Karen. So like Karen could throw down from the stage and lay down some like gospel feeling like, Ugh! like just like, Ugh! like just right there. And it's so powerful and it's so impactful. Your energy is infectious. And one of the things that I can say about you, I meet a lot of people. I meet a lot of people in the speaking world and kind of the coaching world and the mentoring from the state, all that stuff. And I can spot a phony like... <laughs> I got a pretty good bullshit detector. And I will just say that my experience with you has always been genuinely warm, down to earth. You are somebody that I would say I feel um, um, genuinely wants to help. Like you're a helper. You have a servant's hat. And I love that. And I'm so fascinated. One of the things I want to start with, I'm going to let you speak in one second, but one of the things I definitely want to tap into because I remember having this conversation with you about this second book, you know, the, what a hoe can teach a wife and, and how that must've been like when that, when that, when that individual curriculum came through mm -hmm. from whether you say God source, Jesus, spiritual team, I never care what people call it. You must've been a little hesitant, right? You're like, shit. Minute, not only are you a minister, you're a minister's kid, right. right? Coming from a Christian background or whatever. So like, I definitely want to tap into what that experience was like when you got that message and you're like, oh, I got to go preach this. Like, and this is, this is on the agenda for me now. Like that would be intense, but just take a moment, Karen, say hi to everybody and, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited and so delighted to be here with you. Um, as you said, we met uh, two years ago over at Amber Lillystrom's. Yes. Uh, Not your soul. Shout out to Amber. Love, love, Amber. <laughs> um, and when you spoke, Karen, it just gripped my soul. I mean, I'm a crier anyway. Like I was almost like holding back tears, just listening to you talk right there. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, like you are so powerful and authentic and real. And the message that you share just pierces people's hearts and helps them to know like real love. Like there was so much love and acceptance and hope and truth Aww. and grace and power in the room. When you spoke, like I can sense that I can discern those types of atmospheres and the, the atmosphere that you created when you spoke both times, it was just sacred. It really, really was. And so that's why I sort of jumped out of the, into the aisle and wrestled you. <laughs> like, <"Hey." laughs> 
my name is Karen too. Oh my God. I <laughs> and was... I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. You were amazing. And Thank so I, I, I just bow to the queen. You well, hey, are... I always say when people, you know, women, and it's not even deflecting, like that's been part of, part of my work in this lifetime is to get better at, uh, I'm really great at giving love, getting better mm -hmm. at receiving love and just receiving compliments and just like allowing myself, uh, you know, I always say this quote, but Ravadranath Tagore has a beautiful quote where he says, everything that belongs to you will come to you if you create the capacity to receive it. Mm, so I've been so all good. about trying to create the capacity to receive that kind of flow of um, mm. generosity and kindness. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. But yeah. I often say to yeah. people who write to me and, and will say you know, very generous and kind things to me, I always say like from when we we're little kids, it takes one to know one. And so I think that there's a certain kind of woman who can see another woman stand in her divine assignment. I always say, mm -hmm. I'm not up there standing on my own strength, right? Mm -mm. Like I get up there, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to poop. I'm so anxious. I'm so nervous, whatever. <laughs> but then what, when I remind myself, okay, I am one of God's assistants. I am one of God's speeches. Yes. I'm just here to be helpful. What would you have me say? What would you have me do? Where would you have me go? And I try mm -hmm. to just get me out of the equation. Mm -hmm. so that I can be a good servant or whatever. But I mean, so, so again, thank you for all your kind words, but I think yeah. what is so powerful about you is that there are other women that you meet who are also speakers or also call them spiritual teachers or in the coaching business. And there's mm -hmm. always, not always, often an underlying like tension or competition, or you can just mm -hmm. feel the sizing, the silently sizing up the thing. And that's just not my game at all. That's not even remotely mm -hmm. interesting to me. So when we met, I felt like, I was like, oh, like you said, the work that you do in helping women step into their queendom, into really being queens, like mm -hmm. you celebrate other women's power and you reflect <laughs> back to them. They're like you said, their own grace, their own, you know, what gifts, like all of it. So it was so refreshing. It was so nice to just, genuinely be embraced and seen like you have a really great gift for seeing and be able to reflect back so mm -hmm. you know there's a generosity of listening like there's so many layers to it so yeah. I, I wanted to ask you because i think we can all decipher like in a course of miracles we talk a lot about how everything only has the meaning that you assign to it uh -huh. so something terrible can happen in a family and you'll see how siblings children will respond really differently based on the meaning they're assigning to whatever happened. Mm -hmm. So when you use the word queen, because I don't want to make assumptions, what do you mean by that? And kind of helping women like to liberate the queen within you. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that means to you and why you're drawn to do or called to do this work? Mm -hmm. um, well, you, you mentioned in terms of uh, my background that um, I'm a PK, a, a preacher's kid, yeah. my parents are pastors, um, and that I'm a minister myself. And there's a passage in scripture that says that we are divine. It talks about us being divine royalty, right? Mm -hmm. Royal priesthood or priestesses, right? And so from that scripture, it was when I began to open my eyes more to the truth of who I am. You know, I know that I am a child of God, Amen. but then I see myself as royalty. Um, and I, I remember when years ago, my dad sent 
that my mom, my sister and I on a girl's trip, we went to Paris and went to London. And when I was there, I got some books of the, the royal family. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. she's, doing, she's doing the queen wave right now for those of you who are listening and not watching. Exactly. So it, you're looking at these pictures of them and I could say they look completely hashtag unbothered. <laughs> it's like... Life is good. What I say happens. You know what I mean? They're not sitting saying, I wonder if I give this decree, if it's going to take place. They oh my know God. that when they speak it forth, it's going to happen. That shit is non-negotiable. Exactly. And, and I brought those books and showed them to my daughters who were little then. Like, do you see this? See, I want you to understand that you are a royal priestess, that you are divine, you're divinity in humanity. Dude, we're right? speak, we speak the same language. You know I'm giving you double amen hands right now. You know what? You know what I mean? <laughs> this is this is a thing, and, and even for wives, and we'll come back to the wife stuff, but for real, for real it's like we give up too much of our power uh -huh. we don't realize that we are made in the image and likeness of God the divine and just like if you if you look at scripture it says that the God said let there be and there was like we have that same ability I laugh so hard so there's a there's a quote that I used to say and it said that one of the worst things you can do is to make somebody forget that they are the daughter or the son of a king. Uh -huh. But then I started to switch it and I started to say, well, one of the worst things you can do is for you to forget. Yeah. Not, what anybody, not what anybody else is making because nobody else can make you anything. I'm That's like, true. you know, for you to forget to like give, like, it's like, it's like handing over your passport to the kingdom. Like, oh, I don't need this. Like you uh -huh. forgot. I'm like, have you forgotten yourself? And like, yes. And that's why like in the spiritual mentoring work that I do, so mm -hmm. much of it is just helping people to remember you're calling yeah. it their royalty. Right. But it's mm -hmm. that whole thing that you are a descendant. You are a direct extension of the divine. So exactly. like, I get so excited hearing you talk about this. And I think especially in this day of social media, um, and especially for young girls, mm -hmm. it can be so easy for them to just, what's the word? It's not even ignorant. I'm trying to think of the word, just naively to give away their power right. based on external things that they think this is what's going to make me whole or holy, mm -hmm. forgetting that you pay a fucking price for those thing. It's like little, little chunky, a little piece of you. Every time you give yourself away or don't reflect, like as you're calling it, your royalty. So I a hundred percent. I'm with you on this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, and I'll say this, that like, I always like to say I was affectionately born on a pew, right? Mm -hmm. I've been in church all my life. Yes. And so, a there comes a time for many people, and at least it came from me, where I had to say, okay, what do I believe? Yes. I know what mom and dad believe. Amen. I know what grandma and grandpa and auntie and uncle believe, but what do I believe? And, and I had to challenge my beliefs, right? And understand that truth is truth. Right? <laughs> there was a time when I would be looking at like books like, um, and I think I shared this at the conference the last time, like the first time I got a Louise Hay book, it was like, 
We talked about it. Okay, you guys, so this is really funny. I remember talking about this actually in the bathroom. We were both washing our hands or whatever at the same time. And we were talking about this. So first of all, I call it what you just said. I call it truthy truth. I go, look, there is some truthy truth. <laughs> like non-negotiable truths that are just eternal. That's it. There's no wavering. There's no situational, no circumstantial. Truthy truth, right? Number one. And number two, we were saying, you were, yeah, I remember talking about this because I just come upstairs and I had seen your books laid out and I was like, Karen, let's talk. Like, this is so cool. And we were talking about your journey and I just said, okay, so these things that you're talking about, because you are a pastist kid, right? And I'm like, were you scared as your own individual curriculum was coming through? Were you scared that you're venturing outside of the Christian, whatever box or whatever you you can talk about your faith background a little bit if you want to. Um, but to, to get out of that box, it's like, holy shit, I'm terrified that I'm going to be judged by my people, right? And so you're saying you're holding up. And for those of you at home who can't see her, when she was holding up the Louise Hay book, it was almost like, you know, when boys would like put a Playboy magazine inside another book so they wouldn't get caught because it was like dirty or bad. That's what she was doing. She was like, oh my God, I'm reading this book. I hope I don't get found out. Right, right. That, that was exactly how I felt. Mm -hmm. I was terrified, like, oh my God, am I doing something wrong? Um, I was crossing out things in the book. Like every time it said universe, I was like, no, no, they mean God. And one time, um, I remember several years ago, I was listening to um, Dee Marshall and she was saying, what you people hung up about uh, people say in universe, the universe gets its instructions from God. What is, what are you all <laughs> getting all? I was like, oh, that makes sense, right? But I was really, really scared. I remember my first um, mentor that I worked with, she was like, you know, sis, I have to tell you something. And she was like, um, you're really worried about what Judgment. church folks are going to think about you. Yeah really scared about that. I was like, well, I think I'm a little scared. She was like, no, no. <laughs> it's a big, big fear. Like really, really big. And I was like, eh, really? Am I? She's like, no, it's really big. And so you're going to have to overcome that. Because it was stopping you, right? It was an obstacle. It was getting your way. Your fear, right? So it was a fear thought, not a love thought. So it's a fear exactly. thought that was getting in your way because you were afraid of judgment, which is really interesting because it's like, well, well gee, I wonder why you were afraid of judgment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right from the church. It's like, okay, what's that all about, right? Right, right. And, and it's, it's interesting because people want to say like, a lot of times people say, I don't like church people because they're so judgmental. And so I was talking to one of my fellow believers and I was like, church people are judgmental. <laughs> I mean, not all of them, obviously, but sure. they are because there are, there are things that are written that, that believers will say, this is it. And that's it. That's the way right? mm -hmm. there's no other truth outside of that. But, but I challenge people in that in, in Matthew four and Luke four, it says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It doesn't say proceeded, past tense. It says proceeded. In other words, God is always talking. Dude, I, so in a course of, yeah. So in a course of miracles, we say it like, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like God calls everyone. I always say God calls everyone. Not, our, not everybody chooses to answer. 
Exactly. Because you're too preoccupied. It says, you know, God, God, God calls everybody, but you're too preoccupied with the sound of your own voice. See, now that is a word right there. <laughs> we get so caught up in what we think and we want to make what we think better than what you think. And the truth of the matter is like, even we were talking before we actually started recording yeah. is that everybody has their own journey. Amen. Everybody. And, and I'll just mention this sort of briefly, like I was sharing with KK, my friend KK about my, my own son, how I learned how to stop judging and I'm, I'm doing better at it every day. I'm not completely judgment-free. I mean, come on, I'm working as on long, it. As long as we have a body, aka I, we also have an ego mind. Exactly. There will be, that's how the ego operates in this world because everything is, every, how do, even the simplicity of, um, like, do I go left or right? You can call it discernment, but we're constantly having to judge, is this person safe? Can I trust mm -hmm. this? Should I do this? So our brain is primed right? For mm -hmm. problem solving and judgment and all this stuff. So I always say to people, they're like, I'm working on, I said, look, you're gonna have judgmental thoughts as long as you're alive. Exactly. The question is, do I act on them? <laughs> right? I don't yeah. have to do anything with this insane thought, right? It's like acknowledging mm -hmm. I'm having an insane judgmental thought right now. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's the trick, right? Absolutely. And, and I also don't have to condemn someone as a result of the judgment, mm -hmm. you know, and so just in saying that I learned, you know, when you have adult children, which I have a 29 <laughs> year old son, Crazy. You, know, you, you learn to let go and release, or, or you can, let me say, release and understand that everyone has their own journey, you know, a, as a parent, um, I tried so hard to do the best I could and check off the blocks and do everything quote unquote right. But the bottom line is this, everybody is a free moral agent. That's hey. <laughs> you get to choose. I get to choose regardless. And yep. so I have to be okay with letting the people in my life, even the people who I love, make their choices and go through their, as you say, which I love aptly, the spiritual curriculum that they've been given, mm -hmm. right? It, it, we all have a path. And, and this is what I know, um, Karen, that the, the trials and the triumphs that I go through are only to sharpen me in my purpose and my gift and how I am supposed to be a blessing to the earth. Right. And like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you, wait, is there more to that thought before I say something? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was just talking about this on the Sunday spiritual last week. So in a course in miracles is a quote that says trials are, but lessons you failed to learn presented once again. Mm. So where before you made a faulty choice that caused you pain, and mm -hmm. it, sa it says, you get to choose again. And it says, yes. uh, all through this, Christ gently, he, I always laugh because I'm like, Course of Miracles never says Christ judges you or yells at you or comes at you hard, right? It mm -hmm. says, he gently calls to you and says, my brother, choose again. Mm. That's powerful. Trials are just lessons <laughs> we failed to learn. We don't have to get too worked up about it, right? It's like, mm -hmm. and that's the thing is like, I imagine, we talked about this a little bit, as a parent. Mm -hmm. The compulsion to protect your children from their own 
I jokingly say this, stupidity, youngness, mm. ignorance, not knowing that the repercussions, the consequences of them being, I would say, this week's po podcast is the consequence of being yourself, <laughs> right? Mm. So we got to, as a parent, it must be so hard to just kind of stand back and say, hey, there is an authority greater than me. Uh -huh. that is this is all unfolding under the eye, like of, of, of and, and Khalil Gibran talks about how your kids come through you. They're not of you, but they come yes. through you. Yes. And then you that, have that to go like it. this, hands off. That's it. That's it. We are stewards that they belong to God. And God just put them on loan to us. Right, exactly. Can you just get them to 18, 21 and just <laughs> launch them off to the world? And, and so even as, even with my younger children, because I'm, I'm such a different mom <laughs> with my younger children, because I have two teenagers at home than I was with my, my son. Um, not that I was a horrible mom, but I was just more experienced. And when they were little, the girls, I, I want to say they were like six and eight. And I, I sat them down one day and I said, listen, I'm not responsible for your life. Mm. And they're looking at me like. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what, mommy? <laughs> no, I'm not responsible for your life. I am responsible for teaching you how to be responsible. Amen. And so I'm going to share these things with you. And I'm going to teach you what I know. Like I would, because I homeschooled my, my girls for nine years. Wow. I had them, they were like in spiritual classroom every day. I love that. I love That's that how we so started much. our day. I love that so much. And I, I just want to speak to that for a second because I tell my parents, my parents who are my clients all the time, I say, look, I, I you know, again, I don't have human kids. I have spiritual kids. I always say mm -hmm. they are human, but I don't, you know, they didn't come from my body. Um, mm -hmm. And I say, so I'm not going to tell you how to parent your kids, but I am going to tell you, this is what I know just about human nature. Because I think the other thing that we do here in this world is we make children so precious. And mm -hmm. what I try to remind people is that they're just little bodies, big egos. Mm -hmm. They're just shrunk down adults. Mm -hmm. So we need to teach them the things they're going to need late. I mean, obviously it's age appropriate. You don't scare mm -hmm. the crap out of them with stuff they're not ready to handle. But mm -hmm. one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids, because they're like little sponges. Mm -hmm. They're watching not just what you say. They're the greatest little bullshit detectives. They're Come watching on. what you do. They're yep. watching if you're in alignment, if your thoughts, words, and actions actually are like showing up in the day-to-day -day representation. Like, like uh, St. Francis of Assisi says, uh, you know, go out and preach and sometimes use words. Sometimes. Because you're <laughs> preaching all the time with your behavior, what you're doing, right? Uh -huh. um, there's this thing with kids, I think, that they're always watching. So you have to be the embodiment of whatever stuff you're going to try to lay down to them, right? Because uh -huh. then you can be like hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. And, and kids today are, we give them a lot, or at least I'll say with my children, my younger children, they had a lot more freedom um, to speak, to voice their opinions and everything. They just had to do it respectfully. Sure. I remind them, excuse me, <laughs> I am not Anaya. Let's just get that straight. Now back on up, go back out the room and come back in and come with a better attitude. I love it. I was like, do you, do, do you know who you're talking to? I was like, if that was me, now I don't advocate this at all. Right, right. 
I'm telling you. We, I mean, like, what is, what, girl, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that you have a voice because I came from the seen and not heard generation. Okay? Yes. So All right. I want you to be able to use your voice, to share your thoughts, to have an opinion. And but in some cases, some cases, I'm still going to make the final because there is some insight that I have that you don't, right? But I want to give them as much time and freedom to grow into their divine greatness with me and take the falls and stumbles and, you know, skin their knee and, you know, clean it off and put a bandaid on and get back up and go again while they're home so that they can be functioning adults in well, society, you know? I do know. And I think that's the key is not, like you said, you can't, um, you have to let them deal with the repercussions of the choices that they're making. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. It's not about like, oh, you don't get a voice, but it's just like, well, when we communicate in this house, we're going to do it with respect, Absolutely. honesty, right? You know what I mean? Like, and I can mm -hmm. imagine like, you must, you must be a really cool mom to have. <laughs> now the, uh, look they might they might <laughs> they might have a different story but you know being being able to look at what you bring to the table and i think that was my point the, the other thing i wanted to say one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids when they're younger mm -hmm. whether it's a, a a straight on prayer practice a traditional you know tr traditional spiritual practice mm -hmm. a meditation practice uh, mm -hmm. a contemplation practice some sort of a mm -hmm. devotional practice where yes. they know, like, like you, you say, you're saying your thing, um, like part of the work that you do is you help women. You're, you're kind of like a little gauge or a marital GPS, right? For them as they're kind of navigating their relationships with their partners. Mm -hmm. I often say like, we have an inner GPS, which to me stands for God's pretty smart. Mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest things. Thank you, honey. I think what's really great is how being able to give your children the awareness that there is an inner teacher within them. Mm -hmm. And whether you call that God, Jesus, the voice for God, Holy Spirit, I don't care what you call I don't get hung up on the word of it, right? I just am like, I always say I'm not attached to what you call it. I mm -hmm. am unfortunately a little attached to you having some sort of relationship with it, with whatever it is. Right. Because I know people who have spiritual spiritual connection they tend to have more resiliency and fortitude and hope and i often say like happy people who feel connected to something greater happy mm -hmm. people tend not to hurt people mm -hmm. that's good that's yeah, good I, so, I agree yeah i agree i think that um what i have learned over the last several years as i've gone and ventured out and started to ask myself why and what do i believe um, and what I've truly come to learn is that we are one, right? Um, as much as we like to segment into different groups, I'm, I'm Protestant, I'm Baptist, I'm non-denominational, I don't believe in any religion, I'm, you know, this or that. Um, the truth is we are much more alike than we are different. And down on it like a DNA cellular molecular molecular level we're 90 some odd whatever that statistic was that i read a while ago exactly the same Amen. but we tend to focus on that less than 10 percent that's different well what if we 
pay more attention to how we are alike, that you really are my brother and my sister. Like sometimes I'll just walk through uh, a day and just look at everyone and I'll just say in my mind, that's my brother. Mm -hmm. That's my sister. Oh, look at my sister. You know, because I want to make sure that I'm keeping my mind and heart open that everyone around me is someone who is a part of me and they deserve love. You know, I have found everybody wants the same things. They go about it in different ways. Everybody yeah. <laughs> wants to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be heard. They want to be valued. They want to give love. You know, everybody wants like the same things. And mm -hmm. if we would just focus on that and see how we can work together, yeah, the world would be a much different place instead of trying to tell someone, no, you shouldn't do, I mean, even in, and I could talk about church because I'm a church girl, <laughs> even in the church, did you get baptized in Jesus name? Was it, were you baptizing <laughs> the Son and the Holy Ghost? Did you, I mean, are, we, are we really having a discussion about that? Well, the ego, I think the ego mind loves to debate. Separate. <laughs> it loves to separate. It loves to divide, right? I'm like, it's it's like it loves to divide, not divine. It doesn't like to seek what is like. It like it it doesn't go looking for the divine spark in everybody. It's always right. looking for like because because I believe this. I'm not saying it's the truth, but I believe all the ego really gives a shit about is being special. Mm -hmm. So we like to look at how we're different, even if it's to your fault. Like there are people who will try to be special through their, their sob story, through their victimization. Like the ego will either try to make you superior and grandiose, mm -hmm. or will try to make you inferior and super shitty, but you can, be, you can have such a shitty story that that's special and you get a lot of attention for it, right? The attention is the thing. Yeah, I know, I know. So like- I'm I'm, Attention whores, <laughs> just like- I'm, I'm hearing you on so many levels and I think it's so important and I think it gets tricky because I know I've had these conversations about uh, race with my friends of color about how, you know, when I talk about like, if we're going to take that concept of we're all the same, right? Like all the spiritual traditions, I don't care how different they are, what, what country they come from, what mm -hmm. they all agree on is unity and perfect oneness. Mm -hmm. That what we are is one with the divine. Mm -hmm. What we are is one with each other. There's no place where I, even, even the quantum physicists say there's really no place where I end and you begin. Okay. Right. So if we all share, what we share in common is the divine spark looking underneath even the societal layers. And they'll often say to me, oh, Karen, that, that, KK, that gets dangerous when you start trying to take people's heritage away. I'm like, I'm not trying mm -hmm. to take anything away from anybody. But if we're going to take that concept of we're all one down to the nitty gritty, like mm -hmm. you said, why aren't we focusing in the places where we are, we have the same spiritual DNA? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, I think when it, when it comes to race and culture, you can honor your heritage without dishonoring anyone else's, right? Mm -hmm. Because there, there was a reason why God made me the way that I am, right? With the experiences that I have. Exactly. Um, and I don't take away from the fact that many people of color go through very, very difficult things 
all over the world and in the United States of America. However, this is this is how I see it. Uh, it was it was interesting. We were um, at um, an event for um, one of the schools that um, well, actually, it was the camp that one of my daughters went to, and they were doing like the poetry and and then <laughs> the poem was all about you know, yeah, no, it's so hard being black in America and blah 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 blah. And um, I turned to my daughter at the end. I was like, no, that's not your story. <laughs> no, I, I, and I'm not saying, I'm not discounting other people's experience, yes. but I'm not looking for that. So I don't expect to find that. Like I, people don't follow me in stores. I don't, <laughs> I don't, and I know that, I know people who have had that. Yes. But I don't have an expectation of being treated less than my divine brilliance. I don't. Do you I don't. Think would you think though that that do you think pat let me ask you this i'm fascinated by this and i just want to acknowledge that that your pops recently passed your dad recently passed away and he was <laughs> yeah. beloved from what i can tell and what i've heard he was yeah. beloved in your community right mm -hmm. and so um i always you know i wish i i wish i could have met him just based on the times that we talked about we talked about him a little bit and i got to know a little bit about him so i could just look him in the eye and say you know he did a hell of a job with you he raised a good he raised a great kid but i'm curious as to this this um you said i have no expectation of this because you're choosing to focus on the queen the royalty in you right but mm -hmm. was that a message that was passed down from your parents or your mom to you or your dad to you or did you find that yourself i think i found that myself now um my dad was west indian and so he already had a, a, a little level of, <laughs> because my, my grandfather. Turned nose up. She turned her nose up for the listeners at home, a little stuck upness is what she said. A little, uh, little, I mean, little hoity-toity high and mighty, is that what you're dropping? A little, well, let me, let me give you um, uh, context. My grandfather was a big Methodist minister. And in the West Indies back when my grandfather was there, they were, they had lots of power. Like you would go to the the pastor to get your birth certificate. <laughs> they wow. they would, and it was funny story. My my grandfather, his name was Stevenson Winston Churchill Cross. Like they, oh they all had two middle names, and so he people would come in to bring their child to be baptized into his office. He said, "What is his name?" And he said, "Oh, his name is um, Roy." Stephen Brown, no, no. I baptize you, Stevenson Churchill Idris Brown. Okay, here you go. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Like, he would just say, like, no, no, no. <laughs> Change the name, you know. Wow. But, but they had a lot of influence. Oh, and yes, I, I can imagine. My father grew up with um, maids and cooks, which, you know, is not necessarily a big deal in the West Indies, but, you know, he was the preacher. Like, my father got whoopings for being outside playing with other kids in his clothes. You know, he, he was, my grandfather was like, those common kids, like, what are you doing, you know? Fascinating. So he came over here, like, 
taken care of sort of to a certain degree. They immigrated here yeah. because my, my grandfather wanted them to get the best education. Mm. And he said, listen, we're going to the U.S. I don't want to hear anything about no Jim Crow, right? <laughs> I don't want to hear no excuses about them not succeeding. And everyone of my, my, my father's siblings who were born over in the West Indies, all of them are doctors, you know, surgeons, lawyers, professors, very successful. They, they were very competitive and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when he came here in the 60s, it was civil rights. You yes. know, so my dad was very involved. He, you know, very involved with that. Like my grandfather was very upset. What are you doing getting arrested for? No, no, no. You know. Yeah. Um, but they were very involved with it. So I, my dad had a little bit of a, a civil rights sort of background and very much involved in the community in different ways. Yes. So. He sort of, sometimes he would be, and I'd be like, dad, nobody's like thinking that about you, but you know, he, <laughs> he still had some of that in him from that era. So I wouldn't necessarily say that part came from him. It really sort of came from me just getting to that place where I realized that I did not see myself in the eyes of God. I was not um, holding myself in the regard that God did. I did not think well of myself because I was so focused on what I perceived as the mistakes and all the failures, yes. right? And that was keeping me from living up to my divine potential. And, and I'll tell you, um, when I read that Louise Hay book and I was listening to it and I was like, I might've been listening to something. Was it the, you can heal your life one? That one was that the one? That one, or it may have been another recording too, but it was definitely heal your life. And I got the book that's really colorful and everything. And she said, you are worthy just because you're here. And Mm -hmm. I said, (laughs) Why didn't anybody else tell me this before? Because so much of what had been drilled in me was you're not worthy. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. It's worth You're not worthy. You're you're worthy. Your um, righteousness is like a filthy rag. So there was so much works. And what I learned when I started to open my heart up was there's so much power in being. Yes, being what you already are. Like it is just, dude, I'm so with you. Being, not doing. This society, this culture is very, um, and I'm not trying to put masculine against feminine, but the the masculine sort of embodies that doing, 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 whereas the feminine is the being right? And I think we put so much emphasis on you got to do it. You got to earn it. You got to deserve it. You, you, you have to make this happen. When the truth of the matter is when I became a little zygote, (laughs) no, let me go back. When I became a a, a thought, an idea in the mind of God, part in the mind of God, I was worthy then. And so it is. And so it is. 
And so I had to go back to say, wait a minute. I'm looking at myself as less than, and God is looking at me as more than enough. Mm -hmm. So somebody's got to reconcile. I think I've got to come up. <laughs> I, I love that so much. And it's so interesting because I love worship music. Mm -hmm. So when I was teaching, you know, I was a, I've been a yoga teacher for over 20 years. I don't teach weekly classes anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I used to have a yoga studio. I had a yoga studio for like 10 years and stuff like that. But I used to play songs, you know, at the end of class. And whenever I would choose like a worship song, I would always just kind of, I was like, you know, it's such a drag because like 90% of the song is amazing. And then there'll be this one part that says, <laughs> um, I don't deserve it and I could never earn it. But still, it's a song called Reckless Love. But you still, you give your love away. And I'm like, you don't have to deserve it. You don't have to earn it. Like it'd be the one thing that I would go like, no, 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 no. Right? Because it's just like, it's so, like you said. So in A Course in Miracles, that's what we say, that we are an idea in the mind of God and we can never, an idea never leaves its source. Mm. So if I am always one with the divine, I always say like, how, how could the divine possibly make a piece of crap? Like, you know what? I'm like, exactly. it doesn't work that way. And so whatever this world is trying to convince, whatever nonsense and tomfoolery this world is trying exactly. to like tell me about myself i am all set i do not need it you know what i'm saying so what a beautiful thing to come home to yourself uh -huh. what a beautiful uh -huh. and powerful thing and you you by you doing that and having that part of your mind healed you automatically raise like a flotation device so many others of your brothers and sisters, especially your daughters, because you are the living embodiment of the Christ within. Exactly. It's so the, powerful. The scripture says Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? That, that I have the mind of Christ and I hold his thoughts, his feelings, his purposes, his intents. So that mind is in me. I've got to use choose to yield to that right. and not as as you know you talked about the egoic mind how the scriptures calls it is the carnal mind right i gotta choose to turn away from the carnality and the ego's ramblings and realize that it's <laughs> me who can or, or who is it um i oh love egos the ego's ramblings it's so true the, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing his face. I'm not thinking of his name. The one who did, um, about a new earth. Oh, Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. He, and he, he's, his little voice, he'll be like, you know, you can see <laughs> the voice and just watch it, observe it. <laughs> like you, it's just there, like, like a balloon, just let it go on and float away. You like, don't have to do anything about it. Like, that's what it says. So of course in miracles. So it's so interesting just so people know, I don't know scripture at all. I know like maybe two things, mm -hmm. but I know what I feel in my heart and mm -hmm. I'm a Course in Miracles student. So Course in Miracles uses traditional Christian language. It's not a religion. It's just mind right. training, right? But it uses it in a really non-traditional way. So this mm -hmm. is just, I want to point out for a moment to the listeners at home. This is a really powerful example. I mean, I was raised a Catholic kid, but what mm -hmm. I'm saying is it's a really powerful example of people who can come from different faith backgrounds mm -hmm. and still speak the same language because we're all saying the same thing just in a little different way but if you drop the if you drop the need to be right mm -hmm. 
Do you see? It's like, it's so, it's so symbiotic. And I, I just want people to recognize this. Like, that's why I don't get hung up. Like if somebody's talking about Judaism or my, I'm always like, so what do you guys believe? Like, what's that about? Because I'm so curious because there's so many pathways. Don't you think? I do. And, and one thing that I've, I've come to realize is that religion, in my opinion, is man's attempt to get to know God. Like I'm trying to get to know who you are, but, but the thing about it is God is so everything, <laughs> so vast. So do we really think we can narrow him down into just this? this. Yes. I, you know I what I mean? And, and I can't, it's, it's, it, it really was as I began to go on my entrepreneurial journey and began to meet so many other people because sure. before then, you know, I was, in the homeschool group <laughs> at the science center and at church and in the women's group. And, you know, I've been teaching and ministering to women for a long, long time and children and praise and worship leader for, for 15 years. I mean, so I was deeply entrenched, but when I had the opportunity to actually meet other people and watch their lives and see their see their walk and see i was like you can't tell me she doesn't know god <laughs> I, I know a person knows god you can't tell me because they're different in their their path or how they see certain things that they don't know god like i you know what it is it's so there's so i mean i could riff on there's so many things that you just said that are so important and i mm -hmm. love 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 what you're saying um, mm -hmm. And I often tell this story about how um, this woman, this woman heard me speak one time and later commented that I was not a child of God because there's no way a child of God would have a, as vulgar or filthy of a mouth as I do. And I mm -hmm. thought, oh, this is so interesting how you're trying to like grab the scepter of like from the divine and, and anoint, like, I'm like, I'm already anointed. You don't, you don't get to take it away from me. Like you, you right. don't get to decide because I swear, because I will tell you that that was an individual curriculum assignment that came through. It's just how I talk. Mm -hmm. And because, because it's blue collar, do you know how many people, and this isn't about me. I'm just trying to make a point here. Right. How many people have said to me, you were the first person to talk about God in a wicked long time that didn't make me cringe, or you made me want to go home and stop praying again. And I always say, no, 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 it's not me. It's whatever you whatever is happening here. Mm -hmm. It might come through my big fat mouth. Mm -hmm. but I think it's so interesting how we try to put God in a box. Right. Or try to say, well, my brother insisted, like, this is what I'm like, do you guys all forget that Jesus was hanging out with the prostitutes and the lepers and he was not walking around judging people? I know if you guys can see the faces that Karen is making. Right okay. Now, priceless. <laughs> okay. With the tax collectors. <laughs> and I mean, really, but Come see, on. that's the part. Ah, the, the problem, who he had a problem with was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the sad UCs. Those are the people <laughs> he had a problem with because they were so, it, it talked about, the scripture talks about them as, you know, they, there are these whitewashed sepulchers, but inside of them is dead man's bones. Like you're so Ooh. hung up. You're so hung up on the law and and this ordinance and that that you deny the power which is love 
I mean, hello. Well, and the laws are all man-made too. So it was about getting an ambitious agenda that was self-made, man-made versus following, right? I just, I just think it's so funny and so much. Like, so in A Course in Miracles, we say, you know, you think you have a lot of, a lot of different problems when there's really only one problem to be solved. And that's your belief that you believe you're separate from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's true. Um, and, I, and I always talk about this is that before I formed you in your mother's womb, Jeremiah, it talks about, I knew you. That word no is the yeah, same yeah. word. No is Adam a, yeah. knew Eve. They were one. They were intimate. Before I blew you into this clay, <laughs> you and I were one. And I just took a little bit of me and dropped you inside of that flesh called a body. But we're still connected because we're spirit. I, you and I, we are looking through these window called, windows called eyes. Like, this is not me. This is I know, right? I know, the body right? that I'm, it's like I call, it the, I call it the meat puppet, right? It's just like, right. it's just like my, my meditation teacher, um, Eknatha Shwaran, he's, he's dead, but he, he was Indian. He used to say, um, I have a fine tan jacket and when it gets worn out, I'll have to retire the jacket. And he says, and I also have another fine brown jacket mm-hmm. that will also have to be retired at some point. But he says, you know, the body, the body dies. We do not. What we are is eternal, right? So when you say that, like it, it, I just think that don't, let me ask you this, a very honest question. Don't you find that having a connection to or faith in or relationship with, however you want to say it, with the divine has made navigating this human experience? I don't know if I want to say the word easier because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but Mm-hmm. Haven't you found the bedrock of building your house on rock mm-hmm. rather than the shifting sands, or I would even yes. call it the quicksand of the yeah. ego world and all that stuff? Don't you find, this is why I, I so encourage my clients, and I, I want to talk a little bit about the work you do also too um, with your clients, but I, I just find like getting something, uh, Ashwaran calls it putting in internal stabilizers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel like that has been so helpful to you, faith yeah. or whatever you want to call it? Absolutely. Um, and, and one word that came up earlier in our conversation was hope. Um, there is, I have an eternal hope that all things, all things are working together for my good. <laughs> like this is going to work together for my good. It may not feel good right now. <laughs> It may not even look good. I may not even know what is going on. Like, what is happening right now? It's going to be good because my life is guided. My steps are ordered. And I have a voice that's on the inside of me saying, go this way. (laughs) Go this way. I mean, you have to about even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. God is with me. God is ever present. So I have no need to fear. So when fear starts to grip my heart, I need to remind myself. I think I posted something. Oh, I think I posted about that today. Um, Fear not. God is with you. Oh, my God. So I was just telling you, this is why I get so excited because there's no, there's no mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. I was just talking to one of my clients the other night and 
on a group call and we were talking about mantras and stuff like that. And I said, well, there's a beautiful line in A Course in Miracles whenever I get anxious. And there's two things I want to say. And it says, God is with me. I cannot be deceived. Mm. And so I love that. And then also mm -hmm. the, the foundation, and this is again, these parallels. I hope people are hearing this. We come from like these different, I always say samesies, different, different samesies. It's samesies, samesies. It's the same thing, but it's like, yeah. you know, the, the foundation of fearless flow is like, if you knew who walks beside you on this way that you have chosen, fear would be impossible. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. I mean, there's something about too having, it's the difference. I mean, and this is why, all right, I want to talk about your coaching and I want to kind of go into it with this though. Okay. The difference of like, yeah, you're an entrepreneur and yes, you help women. And I want to, I want to dive into that, but it's like having a coach that comes from a true blue, like, like, um, firsthand experience lived faith tradition, spiritual background mm -hmm. is going to bring difference, a different approach than just strategy, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's something about having a coach that is a spiritual teacher. Like, I just think mm -hmm. the women who like work with you get like bang for the buck mm -hmm. because you're bringing so much grace mm -hmm. and wisdom and mercy and knowledge. And I think from talking with you, the more I get to know you, I think, I think we do, you could say you do it like me. I do it like you. I'm just going to say we do the, uh, the very same thing, which is we do not surrender the true vision of who our clients are. Like we will not yield to the smallness of the ego and the thoughts of separation. So mm -hmm. can you please talk about the work that you do with women? Like, like maybe like not, I don't know if it's like who your ideal client is, but mm -hmm. this thing where you talk about helping women to have, to liberate the queen within, but also, you know, what a hoe can teach a wife, real talk about creating your hot, holy and happy marriage. Like mm -hmm. this is a big, bold statement, Karen. Mm -hmm. Talk mm -hmm. to me, talk me through this a little bit, sister. And I'm going to answer that question you said in the beginning. Um, well, I t I'll tell you what started out. Like, like I said, I've been in ministry for years, for many years. Yes. Um, but some years ago, um, I realized that I had stopped dreaming. Um, I had taken my dreams and put them on the back burner of the stove of life and cut the fire off. Mm. I just melded into being my husband's wife, the homeschool mom, my kid's mom you know, all of those things. And what, what I was called and created to do, I just, and I'm not saying, I'm not minimizing seasons in life, right? Sure. But I tell women that even if you're in a certain season, never lose sight of your purpose. I love that. Divine purpose, right? Yeah. And and what happened was in my awakening and, and reclaiming my dreams and, and remembering who I am and reclaiming my power and standing in my confidence, that clarity, the confidence, the courage, I started really working with women about their purpose, right? Getting on, and so I have Queen Confidence Academy, right? <laughs> and so I had that going. And then a, a funny thing started happening. <laughs> The women tell who I us, was, Karen, what was it? Anything. The women who I was working with kept asking me marriage questions. Mm. And I'm like, 
okay, God, what's going on? <laughs> and then someone said, I want you to speak at my wife's conference. I'm like, I just got my marketing message right. No, what? No. Don't mess with my profitable marketing message. I'm just trying to get this copy together. <laughs> and, and so then I had always wanted to write a, a book about being a wife. But Queen Arise came out first, right? Sure. That's what I call step one. That's you, um, self-love, self-forgiveness, um, healing the inner princess so that the queen can arise, so mm -hmm. you can stand firmly in your power. Mm -hmm. So I say the best thing that you can do for your marriage wife is to be your best self. Because a lot of times we go into this whole marriage area thinking, I'm going to get bread together. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Frank, what's wrong with him no no what you're gonna do <laughs> what you're gonna do queen wife yeah. is you're gonna look at you and things that you can work on because you really are the only person you can change but you can inspire change yeah. by the changes you make in yourself yeah. right mm -hmm. and so when the the whole what a hoe can teach a wife came along I was reading a passage of scripture <laughs> and the thought occurred to me and I said like out loud, like, mm, ain't that what a hoe can teach a wife? And I heard that's the name of your new book. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. It took like, uh, honestly, this was not my best hear and obey moment. It took me like two years before I let that book come out. Yeah, you told me. You were just like, nope, not today, Jesus, oh, not having it. <laughs> no, can we call it how to have a whatever, whatever marriage? You know, I was just like, church folks are going to crucify me. And the interesting thing was, I thought I was over that being yeah. worried about church folks, but I clearly was not. <laughs> So what happened, um, one of my dear friends, one of my besties is a pastor, and um, they'd asked me to speak on a panel at the women's conference. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was like, oh, I called her. I was like, I think I want to pre-sell my book. And she's like, oh, well, what's the name of it? <laughs> and I'm like on the phone like this, like with one of my best friends, like, uh, what a hoe can teach a wife? And she said, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what a hoe can teach a wife? Like whispering. And she said, huh? And I said, what a hoe can teach a wife? And she said, ah, girl. <laughs> and so, and then um, she said, Karen, if God told you to do it, you better do it. That is a good friend. And I was like, oh, gosh. So I called my book designer, look, do me up a mock-up, just an ebook cover. I'm going to pre-sell this book. I had nothing. Do you hear me? I printed it out on a piece of paper and taped it to some cardstock. <laughs> I love it. put it on the table thinking like, oh, so I'm on the panel. It has nothing to do with marriage. It was talking about being, it actually had everything to do with what I needed to do. We were talking about being brave. Yes. Women of God. And so I, um, I'm introducing myself. Hi, I'm Karen Haysburg. Blah, blah, blah. And then my best friend yells from the front row, tell him the name of your new book. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So I pick up the mic. What a hoe can teach a wife. 
500 church women go, <gasps> like clutch pearls. I'm like, real talk. Like I actually forgot the subtitle because I had not expected. And then I just laughed till I could remember it. And I was like, <laughs> Lord, yeah. tell, me, tell me the name of the book. Tell What's me the my book again. <laughs> real talk about creating your hot, holy and happy marriage. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. We're doing the whole panel. At the end of the panel, I go over like, oh, let me go over to my table, see if anybody's there. Karen, they were lined up. Yes. Line. I've never to this day worked that hard at an event. Confirmation. <laughs> so more books in that pre-order in two days than my first book for three months. I mean, and that, and I had written nothing. <laughs> at that point it was in me but I hadn't written it down mm -hmm. at that point I knew I was like okay God I think you're on to something <laughs> yeah, you think you think God you think God had a good idea there I think you're on to something so that's when I became more bold about I gotta get out of me what it is that God put in me and the other thing was um, I was at a conference and it was a speakers conference and so they had uh, coaches that were there, you know, hey, you're trying to get you into their program. Sure. So the um, coach that I met with, I was telling me, oh, I need help with my marketing and my funnel and da 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 and all these things. I rolled up and he said, no, that's not it at all. And I was like, it's not? He's like, no. He said, let me tell you this. You have not owned this message yet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he said, I was just talking to a woman yesterday. Her mom wrote a book and her mom passed away. And now they are trying to push their mom's book. He said, do not do it so that now your children have to push this message. Mm -hmm. God put it in you. You get out there and push this message. And I was like, and that was it from that day. Like the fear was gone. Yes. The commitment to it was in. And I was just like, that's it. Hey, I got to go. Like if, if it's not for you, it's not for you, but right. Your tribe loves your vibe. Right. So if you don't feel me, that's okay. So what I do now is, um, I work with women one-on-one -on -one, and it could be in the area of their purpose and standing in their, their, what they're called and created to do. That's what my queen confidence Academy, but yes. then the other side is what I'm doing with the hot, holy, happy, married life, uh, uh, coaching where I coach women, uh, many times who are married and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. How to, look, how to go from cellmates to soulmates. <laughs> Right. That is so uh, funny. Exactly. Cause some people that ball and chain is real. They like trash. <laughs> well, let me, but didn't you just, um, didn't you, the, 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 the one you just talked about, about being in a miserable marriage and helping women navigate, um, kind of marriage with, I think you say joy, passion, and connection. Mm -hmm. Is that the group coaching program you just launched? Tell, is that yes. the thing? Can you tell us a little bit about yes. that in case we have folks, listeners at home, who are feeling Absolutely. your vibe and are digging you and they're curious about how to work with you? Absolutely. So um, 
I just recently, it's actually a, a pilot project that I'm doing. Awesome. I am actually giving to this small group of wives exactly what I give to my one-on-one -on -one clients, but it's in sort of a rapid implementation type of a program. Yep. So for 90 days, we're going all in on creating your hot, holy, happy marriage. Love it. And it's, it's starting like... In the next week, we're going to be starting. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Just the, the women, the vibe, their expectation, their anticipation, their hearts are open. And those are the women that I love to work with, like that they know that there's more, right? What happened with me was that I was that married and miserable wife. I was that wife who was like, I got how many more years till these kids grow up and get up out of here? And I'm just good. Yeah. Well, you were like, you were like, I often say like, you know, some people call it going first, but I'm like, you, you were your own first client. I was. And so I basically was. like you, you paddled ahead and you, you, I, I call it taking the elevator. Like if you're lucky enough to get some wisdom, some tools, some transformation uh -huh. <laughs> under your belt, and you're able to take that elevator to the top of floors, you better send that sucker back down. Exactly. And help and help the brothers and sisters coming up behind you. So that's what it sounds like is you had to go through it first. Yeah. Get some sense knocked into you, get some wisdom, the wound yeah. to the wisdom. And and now it's like you're reporting back and helping others who are also trying to get into the light, you know? Mm hmm It's like Harriet. Once she got free, she went back and freed some other ones. <laughs> So, so if you're hearing the sound of our voices right now, so this episode is going to drop on um, October 31st, next week. Okay. And so um, folks who are listening, if you're interested in that program, what she's saying is it literally, this isn't like something that I recorded and I'm releasing like two months from now. So when she says like, hey, it just started, like it is just starting orientation, like it is not too late. If you can hear the sound of my voice and, it, and it's resonating with your heart and your curiosity is peaked, it is not too late. To hook yeah. up with my girl, Karen. <laughs> well, let me tell them, you need to reach out to me right away. Like, right away. Right. Like, at my email, which is support at Karen, K-A-R-I-N, Haysbert, H-A-Y-S, like success, B, like beautiful, E-R-T, like talented, <laughs> dot com, Karen, support at KarenHaysbert.com. And if you shoot me an email, we'll have a quick conversation, see if it's a good fit. Um, but yeah, we, we are going to go through all of those different areas, your, mm. your intimacy, your co connection, your yes. getting your friend back and building, uh, uh, breaking down those walls and building compassion and just, oh, it's it, communication, of course, you yes. know, oh, it's, it's, it's going to be such a blast. Dude, I love it. I love it so much. And so, um, you guys, like I said, if it's, if it's calling to your heart, don't delay, get right on it. Um, because, um, you don't want to miss out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And is there any other things you have going on that you want to give a shout out about? And, um, well, I'll definitely on the sh episode page, they'll be able to see all your social media links, how to reach out to you. I also want you to do a verbal shout out, but is there anything else that you have going on that you're wicked excited about right now or anything we should be on the lookout for? Mm. Well, um, the main thing is that the wives group that's coming out, I, I do have a free gift. Nice. Yes, please do. The, the listeners so that you can get at www.karenhaysbert.com forward slash adored. adored. Um, and that, 
yes, adored. So that is my free gift about how to go from ignored to adored. Five simple steps to change your marriage now. And who so, doesn't want that? That's amazing. Thank yeah. you. I didn't even know you had a free gift. So that's even better. That's wicked fun. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. And well, just tell them what's your handles on um, Instagram or Facebook or wherever you tend to hang out. How can they reach yeah. you there? My, my handle is my name, uh, at Karen Haysbert on Facebook. The name of my business page is The Queens for Christ. They wouldn't nice. let me change it to my name for some reason. I was like, I think I want to change it to my name. I'm like, no. <laughs> so it still says The Queens for Christ, but the handle is at Karen Haysbert, um, as well as on Instagram is at Karen Haysbert. And on Periscope, I do come on Periscope um, in the morning. So hip. From time to time, yeah, and do some videos. And actually, Mondays, 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 my mom and I do um, our queen wife talk, Keys to Lasting Love. So as my mom says, she was married 52 years, 11 months, and seven days. Wow. The love of her life. And so we get on there and share from our 75 years of marriage experience keys how to how cool is it how cool is it that you're doing a project with your mom man yeah like, what a blessing like what a cool thing to get to do mm -hmm. yeah mom mom is amazing like she's 78 like if you go on the facebook and see her you're like she's not 78 she is i saw pictures of her from from when your dad passed and you were posting all those picture family pictures and stuff like that mm -hmm. that's one thing your parents like I was, I'm not even going to say they cleaned up well, but my sense of your parents is they were always clean. Like they always yeah. look good. You know what I mean? They, they, well, you know, they say black don't crack. That <laughs> <laughs> melanin helps us out. No, but I'm just saying like, I think, yeah, like your dad was like, your dad was shot, man. His, his presence, yeah. the way he looked and the way he dressed. Right. I mean, am, am yeah. I, am I, am I off with that or? Dad, dad was something else. Now I used to call dad, Mr. Clairol because <laughs> there was not a black hair on his head. In fact, the day that he passed away, when, um, they called his barber to let him know he was there. I mean, we were going to meet with the funeral home. He was there with his kit. Like, I'm here to do Rev's hair. Oh my God. Like, he colored his hair, his eyebrows. He, your, he dad had kept it, your dad kept it, kept it tight. Honey, he, he had it together. I mean... <laughs> He did not play. So oh, man. really like, and then my mom, it really is such an honor. Anytime I do something like the last time I had a conference was like two years ago. And like, women were like, when are you going to have another conference? I'm like, I'll do one. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do one in 2020. Yes. yes. Um, but I always include my mom because my mom has been such an inspiration to me. My mother is a powerful woman of God. Yes, yes. Professor, um, she can teach the word. She is, she's just amazing. So I always include mom and have her share her wisdom. And, and, and mom is going to be popping in with some bonus sessions. Oh, right on. In the wives group. Dude. She's going to jump in and do some things too. So um, when I say like this pilot pro project is, it's so amazing. I'm just. Yeah. And, I, and, I and, and myself. yeah, <laughs> dude, I hear you. You're like, I want, I, and that's what I say. I try to create things that I would want to take and that I would want to mm -hmm. participate in. I don't want anything. And that's the thing, you know, like 
I think you're like, again, I never want to speak for you, but I think you're like me in that, like, you're not, you infuse your whole self into your offerings, into what you're bringing to the table. You know what I mean? And so, and we all know, we all know, we don't know, you know, we don't know when the last exhale is coming. We don't know how much time we have left. So at the time that we have, it's like, why half-ass anything? Like go all in. And you are a person who goes in full spirit. You know what I'm saying? And so I appreciate that about you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was really fun. I could talk to you all day long. You know, it's no brainer. We, I'm like, I got to end it at some point. (laughs) (laughs) My sweetie and I have a date, an artist date tonight. And I'm like, I got to go start getting ready. But Uh it was such a pleasure um, to spend this time with you and to introduce you to my listeners. And I know they're going to love you just as much as I do. And just thank you for taking time. Because I know when you're an entrepreneur and you're launching something new and offering something new and inviting people into community with you, it takes a lot. So for you to take time out of your very busy life to spend a little time with us means so much to me. And I love you so much. I felt like as soon as we met, yeah, as soon as we met, and that's genuine, like that's legit. As soon as we met, I felt a, a kinship with you. Oh. And, um, and I just felt like how lucky I was to have our past cross that we could find each other in this lifetime. Thank you to you know, that, that whole connection of, of amazing women that we've now all come across and uh-huh. Amber's events and stuff. So just thank you so much for being you and thank you for showing up in your royalty and in your queenness and, and yeah, and just really representing, um, just really representing the, and it's beyond the divine feminine, but there's a divine feminine in you where there's a wholeness and a holiness to you that I really respect and love and admire so thank you for being my friend and for being on the show and um yeah i'm just so excited i can't wait to get this out to everybody so thank you my friend thank you i so appreciate you and and anytime anytime (laughs) all right you guys thank you so much for tuning in if you've been listening or watching on youtube however you're joining us today we so appreciate you as i always say i see you i hear you i feel you. I celebrate you. I appreciate you. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. And if you listen to this episode and you know somebody who could benefit from this conversation, please, you guys, please share it with somebody that you love too. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, 
Keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.